Welcome back from break. Yeah. We're here. It is November 29th. Good work. Yes, good work. We're <laughs> we're doing great. Um yeah, not recording for a week, not having a show. It bothered me. I felt like I had pent up sports anger that I needed to get out and it was just not happening. Yeah, especially after the Saturday you had. Yeah, Saturday was uh Saturday was rough. Thank you so much again for tuning into the Easy Sports Podcast. Saturday was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday was rough too. Seeing the Lions lose to you know Chase Daniels, who I'm convinced hadn't thrown a football in three <laughs> years, right. um, and then watching on Saturday us play Michigan. Sorry, yeah. uh, Michigan play Ohio State and. The number one defense in the nation, the most touted, that Don Brown defense that I believed so much in, was so excited to say, this is the year we're going to beat Ohio State. This is the year we're going to go into the shoe. We haven't beat them there since 2000. I don't know why I get my hopes up anymore. Yeah. I, I don't know why I get so, yes, this will happen. This is a logical thing to think will happen. This is what sports does to people, is it allows you to get your hopes up and then it Throws your heart in a blender and hits puree. It destroyed me. It absolutely destroyed me. I could not believe that they, not just that they lost. Mm -hmm. That that's, let's make that clear too. If they had, if it had been a one score loss, this is a different episode. Yeah, it's a frustrated frustration episode where I'm sure a ref would have made a call that I don't agree with right. and probably would have been like, that's bullshit. And it's like, why can't we close this out? Right. But this was not a one-score loss. No, they got... This was not a three-score loss. They got run off the field. Yeah. I mean, they they did not look like they were in the same league as Ohio State. And that sucks. Yeah. This is... this. I mean... The last time we recorded, Michigan was a playoff team. Right. And now it's very, very unlikely that that will happen. Well, no, they won't. Yeah. It, they just won't. A two-loss Michigan, especially after the way they lost to Ohio State. And and both teams that they lost to, granted, Notre Dame and Ohio State are good teams. Yeah. Um, and top-tier teams. But to lose in the way that they lost, letting Ohio State hang 62 points on them. 62? Yeah. You're the number one defense in the nation and someone put up 62 on you? That is unreal it's depressing honestly i it, and it was just <sighs> so was michigan that bad or was ohio state that good see that that's that's the problem that's what where i don't i think ohio state is just that talented mm-hmm. i mean this is i think this was the first game this year where i watched them and you could say yeah they put together a complete game yeah. they looked good at every position they looked good Basically every series, I I mean, there were a few that probably didn't go their way. Um, the only pro- place they didn't look great on was special teams, and that was because they had the muffed kickoff at the end of the second half that allowed Michigan to make it a, uh, I think it was 21-19 game going yeah. into halftime. Which was a really exciting spot. Like, I remember texting you. I was at lunch with some family, and I was like, oh, my God, this is great. You know, like, things are turning around. And right. I remember texting you throughout that game and just... It, and it, it it just got bad. It was the game. There's no started, other words for it. It, just, right? it got bad. It got bad. It was 21 to six. And I was like, crap, this sucks. Like we are getting killed. They're getting beat off the ball. Like we can't move the ball on offense. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, 
two touchdowns in six seconds. I'm saying, okay, we're back in this game. This is, you know, as good of a fresh start as we could possibly have asked for. Yeah, for sure. Going into halftime. And then they just got clobbered. I mean, they got fucking killed Yeah. by Ohio State. It was just depressing depressing and miserable to watch yeah and here's my biggest takeaway from that game one ohio state they've got some phenomenal athletes on oh, the team yeah and, and depth wise they have phenomenal athletes yeah I you would have say to 3D. give ohio state credit for this right and i was really impressed dwayne haskins he looked really good um but here's the other thing jim harbaugh's offense that offense that they're running at Michigan looks prehistoric. It looks so broken and so run down. It is just it looks like something that they that they would be running in 1988. I mean, they line up in the eye every single play and put six guys, seven guys on the line. Mm-hmm. And then they run either a halfback power, you know, a halfback draw, they try to gut you up the middle, and then if that doesn't work, they go right back to it and keep trying to pound it up the middle. There's no spread. I did. I don't remember. I could probably count on my hands how many times Shea Patterson operated out of the shotgun. Right. You know, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like there's any creativity. It doesn't feel like it's a modern offense that is built for killing teams with great athletes all over the field. So then are you going to be one of the fans who's calling for his head? No. Okay, good. Because I was about to get really sad because I do adore Jim Harbaugh. No, and, and you know that I am a big fan of Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a great coach. Yeah. My issue is the offense. Need, it needs to be modernized. Right. It needs to. Okay. I'm not, I don't, there's none of the creativity that he had at Stanford. I don't get that vibe. I don't get a vibe that of any of the creativity he had with the 49ers. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't know why. I feel and I feel like too they have the athletes to do it. Right. They could run a more a spread oriented offense. They could pass on first down every once in a while instead of just running the ball up the middle. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't it just doesn't feel like they're willing to adapt. And I don't get that. Like I, I won't understand because now I mean what's the excuse? For a while, it was he hasn't had an elite quarterback. He hasn't had a guy who can be a gamer and make differences during the game. Mm-hmm. He's got Shea Patterson now. Yeah. That's a guy who can make differences. Shea Magic, right? Shea Magic. Yeah, I was really into it. I was like, <laughs> Shea Magic, go to Ohio State, beat him. Yeah. Didn't happen, obviously. But I, that that's where I have issues. Why aren't you spreading these this team out? Why are you letting Ohio State stack eight of their best athletes in the box and then run one receiver out to the left and have that guy be covered by a corner and a safety over top and then run these routes over the middle. It doesn't work. Yeah. You run these drawn out play action plays. They don't work unless you've been having a good run game. Here's the thing. I don't know enough about football. I should know more (laughs) to know what you're saying. But this is really interesting as someone who, like, this is obviously not my forte. Right. The most football experience I have is Friday Night Lights. Oh, my God. (laughs) So this is really interesting to hear because this is not a perspective I would have gotten. Right. No, it's just, you 
my whole like experience you play it one play action like i said it doesn't work sure unless you've established the run mm-hmm. they didn't establish the run in all of michigan's wins they had great running games the Quran Higdon would have a great game and then it would allow them to run these play action pa- uh, plays where they could hit the tight end over the middle. They could go outside to Donovan Peoples-Jones or something like that. Without that, they looked lost. Yeah. Without having some facet. And I understand like you have to have a running game no matter what offense you run, whatever. But they looked completely lost out there and didn't like they didn't have an answer. I just... <laughs> Yeah, college football was weird this week. I mean, we could also talk about LSU and Texas A&M. Yeah. And what a bizarre game that was. I thought that was a college basketball game when I saw that score. And uh, one of the things that I just real quickly wanted to rub in your face was that (laughs) when we started the show and we talked about our most underrated and overrated teams, I said Texas A&M was underrated (laughs) and you said LSU was underrated. So your underrated team beat my underrated team exactly wow i just want to take a minute to be real happy for myself on i'm that. i'm glad you dragged that up thank you for that <laughs> i'm glad that our you two most <laughs> underrated teams could draw out a seven overtime game and you know but your team could come all out jokes top. aside that was an incredible game mm-hmm. i mean that was what you pay that was worth the price of admission 100 percent that is a hundred percent worth the price of admission. Um, yeah, that's I rewatched that game. Yeah. So I found a recording like of it, and I was just like, you know what? This was a phenomenal game. I was kind of mad at myself that I didn't watch it when it happened, and yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna sit down, watch the whole thing. What a wild end. Yeah. Like, I just that was insane. For those of you who didn't see the game, basically this game was extended. Um. Because Texas A&M's quarterback went down, like he was going down, he sort of fumbled a snap, threw the ball up in the air, and it was intercepted. LSU thought the game was over, that they'd won, they dumped Gatorade on Coach O, and like they thought this was over. And I thought it was over too. Sure, everyone did. Right. And then they review it, and all of a sudden on the review, you can see that as he was picking up the ball... Uh, Texas A&M's quarterback, his knee was down. So his knee was down. They had to go back out there. Texas A&M retained possession and then got to extend the game. And that is like, I, that is such a confusing ending. Yeah. And it almost, it almost feels like cheap in a way. Right. Because it's like, if that, if you hadn't been able to review that play, this is a completely different story because LSU wins. You know, and it's really interesting to think about how reviews really do change the game. And I know we talk about this uh, quite a lot with like Major League Baseball and other sports that are starting to implement more of a like review system Mm -hmm. and starting to get things more, I guess, modernized would be the best word for it. Uh, We're reviewing a lot more. And uh, that situation was just really interesting to see how it completely changed the momentum of the game. Oh, 100%. I mean, it it was that that was a crazy ending that like you said if we don't have replay review, it doesn't happen. LSU yeah. wins that game, we move on. We don't talk about it. But I mean, we do, and it was pretty freaking remarkable. Yeah. Watching them, even knowing what was going to happen, watching them go through seven overtimes and then, you know, eventually A&M pulling out on top. 
Um, more college football head. Uh, this weekend is my personal favorite time of year mm-hmm. outside of when bowl games start kicking off and sure. New Year's Six and things like that. But it's championship weekend. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the list real quick. Uh, we have the Pac-12 championship, which is number 17, Utah, versus number 11, Washington. We got the Big 12 championship, number 14, Texas, versus number 5, Oklahoma. We have the American championship, with his, which is Memphis, versus number 8, UCF. SEC is number 1, Bama, versus four, number 4, Georgia. ACC is number 2, Clemson, versus Pittsburgh. And the Big 10 championship is Northwestern versus Ohio State. It's that's be, a lot of good games. <laughs> that's a lot of good games. It's, it's going to be a great weekend. That's um, just a lot of outstanding football. Oh, yeah. And as a, as someone who goes to school in the Big 12, I mean, I can't wait for Texas-Oklahoma again. Oh, I'm so excited. This is the first in-season rematch, apparently, in like 115 years. Yeah, that's crazy. Which, yeah, is nuts. This week, though, mm-hmm. the drama leading up to this rematch has just been amazing to follow for sure um kyler murray who we all know oklahoma's quarterback heisman candidate Mm -hmm. um future mlb baseball player now i guess (laughs) um he was getting interviewed by some reporters and they brought up uh his praise for tua tunga tunga vailoa yeah that sounds right pretend i know how to say it um (laughs) so don't even give me the question for alabama's quarterback tua um (laughs) good call um, he, he, they pointed out his praise and then they asked, you know, uh, what do you think about Texas's quarterback, Sam Ellinger? And he basically just looked at him and he was like, uh, I have no comment on that. Yeah. And immediately that's, following this, that's some drama, that's, that is some drama. Those are just the words. No comment. Yeah. Those are fighting words. <laughs> you want to spark some anger in another team. You take their highly competitive quarterback. Yeah. And you're like, no, nah, I have nothing to say about his talent. Ooh. But anyway, Sam posted on Twitter. So earlier this year, did you see what his uh, coach had posted? Tom Herman on Twitter. Maybe. So like basically when Ohio State was having um, all of their drama with uh, the wide receivers coach, Zach Smith, who domestically abused his wife, as right. we know, um, it, he came out and was like, adding coach Herman on Twitter and saying, I'm going to expose you for this, this blah, blah, blah. And like saying, posting screenshots online. And Herman just responded uh, with a tweet that said, okay, cool. Hook them. And that was it. And left it. And so people took it and ran. Uh, Herman's wife after a game was spotted in a shirt that said, okay, cool. Hook them underneath it. You know, he really owned the situation. and was like, you know, no, I hadn't seen. I that. don't care. Um, so after uh, Kyler said that, Sam went on Twitter and was like, "Okay, cool, hook him," and just oh, I love that is picking up right where his coach left off. That is my new. That's the best. That is such a. That's that's a very good response because it's very. It's a very competitive response, but mm-hmm. it also is more mature than you know firing off at him, which is something that i feel like a lot of athletes tend to do is just sort of go off right the that's a very cool response of like oh we'll just show you on the field well and here's the other thing what can you say back to that yeah what what comeback do you have to 
okay, cool, hook them. Yeah. Like, you can't say anything. (laughs) There's nothing you can say that's going to be, like, that's going to sound nearly as cool. Funnier or anything. Like, you are. Because that's a pretty badass phrase. I mean, the way, like, the way that that was said is pretty badass. That's like, take, he, I mean, he basically just took a shotgun to the guy's head and was like, all right, you're dead. Like, that's (laughs) it. I win. Bye. Um, and so that game, I, I'd be so surprised if we don't see at least one fight. Oh, there's got to be game. something happen. Having the Red River Red River rivalry, wow, um, be the Big Twelve <laughs> championship game. It, it is about as good of an ending to the season as we could have asked for. Yeah, I mean, unless it was that Oklahoma West Virginia game again, then you know, yeah, that would be just as fun. Um, or if you know. Les Miles gonna come in early and turn things around this season. <laughs> yeah, Les Which, Miles. Which, by the way, I'm so happy. I don't think we've talked about. No, because the last time we recorded, he wasn't coach. Yeah, it wasn't official. We were just speculating. Yeah. Yeah. But him... now we can actually, you know, be genuinely excited. I mean, I was gonna real. be genuinely excited before. Well, yeah, or but it's real way. now. It is real now. Him, Les Miles, being the new head coach at the University of Kansas, is just, whoo. That is so exciting. It's so great. If he turns this into a winning program, they're going to build statues after him. Well, and um, I also love his daughter. I think that she's so great. And, Smacker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the amount of support that she's already showing University of Kansas really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this is going to be so good for us. But we've talked about this so many times, so I won't bring it up again. But I'm just so excited about it. Um. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, too. And um, basically everything that this means for the program it's just this is the best outcome let's put it simply schools like kansas do not get hires like less miles yeah it just doesn't happen it's never happened before that i can remember anybody that compares this to charlie weiss is an idiot like we said before god that makes me angry i know um i ranted at my dad about this the like over the weekend right. and over break because I saw so many people who were saying this is just going to be another Charlie Weiss and it just pisses me off. Right. And we've talked about that. We don't need to dive into it again. Yeah, because I'm going to get upset if we dive <laughs> <I know>. into it. <laughs> um, diving back into championship weekend. Yeah, my bad. No, you're good. <laughs> Derailing um, the show. That's my job. <laughs> that is my sole job here. <laughs> um, in the, the American Conference game, Memphis and UCF. Mm-hmm. First off, did you see Mackenzie Milton's injury to his knee no why am i so out of the loop i don't know you you've got a lot of catching up to do i don't know how you were so out of the loop on this but um, i've been real focused on uh college basketball yeah that's fair um ucf's quarterback who's been their quarterback for three years i want to say three years sounds right anyway um people were considering him a heisman candidate and he's really the guy that is has led this team to the success that they've had over the past couple of years yeah um he went down with a bad knee injury uh one where they had like blood clotting oh, and nerve no, no, no. damage it, it was oh i'm already stressed it was ugly um and it took it took them a long time to get him off the field you know that that was that was my big sign he's a pretty tough guy like i've watched a few of their games where he's taken some big hits and just popped right up so as soon as he was down yeah. for a little bit i was like oh this is can you see me playing with yeah. this so anxiously because it's stressing me out to even hear about it. I know. It, it's just, it was so bad. Um, but this is a game where I think now, because he's out, unfortunately, you, Memphis could upset UCF. Yeah. 
I mean, that was a one-point game earlier in the season when he was starting for them. And so now they're putting in this backup who doesn't really have any playing experience. Um, and I, I think it's very plausible that number eight could go down to Memphis or they'll just kill him. I mean, <laughs> right. it's going to be one or the other. Um, but yeah, that is, that's definitely a game to keep our eye on. Um, Georgia, Bama and the SEC. Uh, we've talked about that before. Um, it's going to be, if Georgia wins this game, we're going to have two SEC teams in the playoff. Yeah. I mean, it. that's, I hate that. I don't want two SEC teams in the playoff. But I don't think you can really make an argument against them. I mean, I feel like they deserve to be there as much as anyone else does. I hmm, I don't know. I think objectively, I think Oklahoma is a better team than Georgia is. Okay, interesting. I and I think I But do you think Oklahoma's going to be in the playoffs? I think if Georgia loses this game mm-hmm. to Bama, they won't be in the playoff first that'll be their second loss on the year it just won't happen well yeah um if georgia loses this game to bama and oklahoma beats texas i think oklahoma will be in the playoff interesting and i think i don't think they're going to beat bama because they will be the four seed and we all know as long as everything goes according to nick saban's plan bama will be in the playoff as the one seed i think that's a pretty safe assumption at this point right but I think they'll give Alabama a game at least. They're not going to stop them. Their defense is terrible. Yeah. I mean, historically terrible. Um, <laughs> but they will give Bama a game. I think both, because the two teams really on the bubble right now are Ohio State and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I think both of them could beat Georgia if they played them head to head. But that's just, then again, we won't see it happen probably, but that is just my opinion on it. Yeah, um, that's definitely going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how things go down. In the last, like, pretty much three episodes that we've recorded mm-hmm. where we're talking about fo- college football playoffs, pretty much each week it's been a different scenario. Right. And so it's so interesting, like, getting down to the wire. How is this going to go? Well, and you know what? It's funny because it's not even that it's, like, four completely different teams or anything like that. No, it's, that, it's like, that one team, like, right. that four spot. That four who's spot. Who's getting that? I know. And for a while I thought it was Michigan. Yeah, me I did. Too. I believed. Me too. I believed. I had hope, and I'm a fool for having hope, but I did. Um. <laughs> hey, listen, you can't be a Detroit sports fan and not have your heart stomped on pretty much every year. That was maybe the most hurtful thing you've ever said to me. Um. <laughs> listen, I'm a Kansas City fan. I'm not saying it's not true for me. Oh, well, you guys have the Chiefs right now, so I don't want to hear it. Chiefs last year, though. Yeah. And Royals pretty much every year minus 2014 and 15. Yeah. I mean, really, if you go down the line, Kansas City is not a great place to be a sports fan. No. Until now with the Chiefs. Very mm. excited about the Chiefs. Or 1988. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. But I'm just saying. I got you. Yeah. In it's our not lifetimes. like I don't relate. <laughs> sure. Um, ACC, Clemson, Pittsburgh. That's kind of my – I hate to say it. Like, that could be a cool game, but – it's also out of this bunch. It's my kind of who cares game. Yeah, sure. Like Clemson's going to roll them. Sure. They should. They're the best team in the country outside of Alabama. Um, and then the Big Ten game where we got number 21 Northwestern versus number six Ohio State. I think Ohio State will roll. I 
I'm just trying I'm trying to figure out a reality in which Northwestern wins this game, but I just can't. I don't think it's realistic. No. I think they're going to come out firing. I think they just they're going to use that momentum coming off the Michigan win to just be like we're the best team here. Yeah. Um we're the best team in the Big 10. We just proved it against a far better team uh than Northwestern, so you know, they're trying to prove people wrong right now. Sure. Um with that being said, we're going to hop into a break. Uh, when we get back, Steph Curry is out in the news being a ni- nice guy again. Yeah, love him. Yeah, he's uh, – why does he get to be talented, very, very wealthy, mm-hmm. and just an overall great person? Like Sometimes the clouds part and God smiles and is like, listen, you can oh have it God. all. <laughs> Let's just let you have it all. All right. Yeah. When we get back from break, uh, we'll cover all that. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We got some NFL news coming up as well and some NCAA basketball talk. This is the Easy Sports Podcast. Thank you again. Welcome back from break. Uh, so I didn't talk to you about this yet. Okay. I want to I drop a bomb on you. Sure. Is Rudolph it. the red-nosed reindeer problematic? Oh, my God. I was so unprepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> Is Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer going. problematic? It's an important question. Um, I mean, if we're... I, no. No? Yeah. Well, the Huffington Post... <laughs> According to the Huffington Post, they wrote an article saying viewers noticed some very disturbing details in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm. So uh, that's something. What? And they basically, what are the details? It's like a it's it's a satirical article from what I can get out of it. I really hope they're not being serious. Um, but basically, you know, they talk about how every year the elf throws the bird out of the sleigh without an umbrella, even though earlier the bird said it can't fly every damn year. That was a tweet from someone who's picking apart, picking it apart. And then there's just a bunch of, a bunch of people noticing stuff like, oh, Santa's kind of an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry for any kids that might've heard me just say Santa's an asshole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's the title of the episode. (laughs) Santa's an asshole. (laughs) Um, Is Santa an asshole? He breaks into your house without asking you. But he leaves you gifts. That's true. Well, if I broke into your house, but I left a gift, would it be okay? If you broke into my house and left me a gift, I'm not going to bitch about it. Really? If you broke into my house and left a gift, I'd call the police. I wouldn't break into your house. You scare me too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, That's, yeah. Um, So you wanted to talk about the NCAA. Yeah. Not football. Just no, so clear. <laughs> but this whole situation with Roy Williams and UNC. I love it. It's wild. I'm here for it. Oh, I'm here for it, too. It's the best. Yeah. But for those of you who don't know, UNC lost to Michigan, and it was 84 to 67. Yikes. Yeah. So it's Sheesh. pretty big loss. And uh, Roy Williams had a lot to say about it. 
after the game and he said it was because they stunk it up every one of them stunk it up and so did i and uh basically you know reporters are asking him how he would fix the problems and he said basically said if he already knew how to fix the problems he quote would have already fixed the damn thing wow later he said i've got no positive things if you want positive things you'd better go out and find someone on the street i've got no positive for me no positives for the team and left it at that all right so as someone who's observed this situation what are you taking away from it where do you think roy is at with his team is this a i'm saying this to spark them to get them angry to get them to play harder or is this him just being honest and saying our team's kind of ass? I think it's just genuine frustration. This is a young team. They're having a lot of problems that are early on in the season. And I think that he's just genuinely frustrated. But if that's the case, he should also recognize that weird stuff happens early. You know what I mean? Like, what was the Louisville game that um, that we were talking about? the other day like that was a weird game uh louisville versus michigan state right yeah that, that happened yesterday is that yesterday my days are blending together. no it was tuesday tuesday yeah yeah but like that was a weird game no one expected that to happen weird shit happens early on in the season yeah so you would expect roy to know that so that makes me think that he's saying this to light a fire and to get them riled up yeah i i, but I genuinely can't tell because if i were him i'd be really frustrated or especially right after a loss like that. But looking at it logically, it doesn't make sense to say stuff like that. Well, anytime you lose, I think, especially by that margin. Yeah. Um, and and let's be clear, Michigan is no, you know, shit team. They're right. they've got a good group. No, they're number seven. Right. And they I think they will be a contender later on in this season. Yeah. Um but anytime you lose like that, that's frustrating. Yeah, for sure. And and, it and especially since I mean he's been coaching for thirty one years. Right. Like this is not an easy pill to swallow sure um and so I, I i agree with you i think this is lighting a fire under his player's ass a little bit yeah saying this is unacceptable like you guys are more talented than this i don't know what the issue is but we're gonna find it out find out what it is and we're not gonna play like this for the rest of the season yeah which is totally fair because a coach of that caliber he's not gonna tolerate or let's let's even put it this way any coach is not going to tolerate losing by 20 every game. Yeah. No, of course not. Like, that's just not. And especially a coach at this level right. for this team. At, at a program, like, you're talking about one of the Blue Bloods. Yeah. You don't. Like, Blue Bloods, I, I remember when Bill Self lost to Kentucky by, like, 30, and he took a sip out of his water bottle, and he just went, uh, I wish that was vodka. Yeah, you I know? remember and, that. That was and iconic. John Calipari, after they lost to Duke this year, you know, these – Coaches, especially at Blue Bud programs, they do not tolerate that. Yeah. And that's probably why these programs are as successful as they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is just it UNC losing by twenty, Villanova losing to Furman or whatever it is. Um Duke losing to Gonzaga. I was yeah. Let's but just, that was that was just an incredible game. That was just a great game. I mean, game. like, I just said that as a joke because that game was outstanding. I think we'll change gears over to that game yeah sure. Um, talk about duke for a little bit um i think that rj barrett is trying to play hero ball too much mm -hmm. like when i watch duke i really and seeing just seeing how our let's break down that last possession yeah. with duke and gonzaga where rj barrett has the ball and he drives to the rack and gets swatted there's an open zion <laughs> like right behind him yeah you know he's not 
it feels like constantly he's trying to force the game to him. And I just don't, I don't even necessarily get the vibe right now that he's the best player on that team performance well, I wise. Think, I think that's interesting because if you're RJ Barrett and you're seeing, you know, no offense to any news organizations out there that will not be named, but if you're seeing the coverage that Zion's getting, that's got to be pretty frustrating. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, you're also an outstanding player. Well, to and- see that that level of coverage. And we were just talking about this. LeGerald Vick had some really incredible. He had back-to-back 30-plus point games. Right. And he got very little coverage. And Zion was the number one story. I mean, I texted you this weekend. I was like, I just got an ESPN update. <laughs> you know, guess who it was about. Right. Because he's such an exciting player. And that's not like shade at ESPN at all. He's an exciting player. Like, I mm-hmm. get it. I understand why people want to talk about him, why he's the story. But for R.J. Barrett, that's got to be pretty frustrating. I mean, at some point, you're going to want to play hero ball, and you're going to want to start making those plays yourself. You're right. going to want to force yourself into those Sports Center top 10 moments. Right. And, and The Ringer put out an article um, saying R.J. Barrett's heroics aren't helping a Duke team that doesn't need saving. Yeah. And, and it, I think it's that's true. fair, too. Yeah, I totally get it. You know, and I think... I think this is a tough adjustment for him, mm-hmm. too, because now he and – and I think every single team he's played on, he's been the center of attention. Yeah. He has been the guy. And sure. it wasn't – it probably wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so now he's – and this is sort of what I think guys should expect when they go to a blue bud. You might have been the guy growing up on every team that you ever played on, but you're going to Duke. You – might not be that guy anymore right you know and and when they have you know the top three players in the country all commit to that team you've got competition now yeah for sure and and you know i think this is an interesting dynamic i think he's got to work through this a little bit where it's like okay i just need to be a guy on this team make my impact play well but i i don't know i don't think it's I understand why he'd be frustrated with all the media coverage that Zion gets because I think, you know, any player would be, mm-hmm. but I think he any also competitor. just, right. Any competitor, especially someone on that team. Um, but I think he also needs to realize people aren't saying he's not a good player. Yeah. No, and, of course not. And the more he forces it, the more NBA teams, at least from my perspective, I'm a scout and I see a guy who's forcing it constantly. I'm going to sit there and go, okay, if I set you up with a couple of superstars, how are you going to react? Yeah. Are you going to be Russell Westbrook Jr.? (laughs) You are on this Russell Westbrook hate train. Sorry. And I just, I can't support it. Um, But yeah, if I'm an NBA scout, I'm going to look at that and go, okay, you force play to yourself a lot. Can you play with other superstars and not need to be like, the guy because odds are if he goes when he goes to the nba whatever team he lands on he won't be the best player on that team right and i think a good lesson for him and really everyone to learn is that someone else's success does not take away from your own sure you know what i mean like just because zion is incredibly successful doesn't mean that he's not or that he's not going to be right and i think you know i think he probably feels just glossed over right now he was, people forget, like, he was the number one overall player in their class. Yeah. He was above, ranked above Zion. Yeah, I do think people forget that a lot. You know, and, and coming in, um, I think I think they said he's 
the sixth best on the team shooting percentage wise, but he makes up like 36. Yeah. He has the, uh, the ringer wrote, he has by far the highest usage rate on the team. 36.1, despite being ninth in true shooting percentage. Wow. 49.1 Baird is acting like he needs to carry the offense single-handedly when he's playing on one of the most talented teams in the one and done era. So they said the most glaring example, uh, came in Duke's, 89 to 87 lost to Gonzaga, a moment where we we talked about um, in the final minute, he went 0 for 5. Yeah. You know, just forcing shots, forcing it into his hand, and he didn't Well, perform. the fact that that's what, the final minute? Yeah. He took five shots. Yeah. I mean, come on, that says something. Right. And so you've got all the talent around you, RJ, just play off of these guys yeah and i think the more he plays off of them the more opportunities are going to come his way get zion going get him hot it's gonna draw attention to him you're gonna be open you're gonna have your chances you're gonna have your shots and i just don't think you know for sure i don't think he's doing it right now yeah i get Um, what you're saying but so then transitioning a little bit mm -hmm. since we just talked about uh gonzaga's win in maui over duke the number one debate is really interesting right now. Yes, it is. We're um, obviously both very biased. We are. Uh, yeah, I would say we're slightly biased mm-hmm. on who we think should be number one. Um, but looking at this objectively, it's still a really interesting debate to see who should really get the doc- the top spot. Would that be Gonzaga or Kansas? I, I can sort of understand arguments from both sides. I still think Kansas should be number one. Yeah. Um, you have wins over two wins over top 10 teams. And then uh, your uh, early season games are wins against teams that could very easily win their conference. Yeah. Like Marquette. Um, And so I think they've earned it. I think they should be the number one team in the nation. I understand that, you know, that hype that Gonzaga has now after beating Duke, because let's be honest, we did it. Yeah. Where we sat down and we watched Duke play their first couple games and we we went, holy shit. Yeah. This team is really fucking good. For sure. Like that was, I think that was exactly, I can't remember. I think I said that to you when we walked into the studio yeah, and we were talking about just the Kentucky game. We were talking about their preseason games and just how athletic they looked. Um, That team's, they're good. Yeah. They're really good. And so I think that win over them really overhyped Gonzaga a little bit for sure um but I think like noting that Kansas came back from a nine point deficit in the second half to beat Tennessee right that showed our depth a lot I think that like you know knock on wood I feel like we have a deep team and I think that that's exciting moving forward because you know you have guys that can go in and you know pick up the slack uh Quentin Grimes has been really good like he was really good in the season opener and then he struggled a little bit since but then you've had other guys who have really picked that up for him and i i just that makes me really excited about the team i think i think the hard part that or the thing that some like of the guys that are voting the guys and girls that are voting on uh with the associated press i think the trouble that they're having is that when you watch kansas play and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I definitely have. The offense, there isn't there isn't a sense of fluidity. Yeah. Like going into each possession, I sort of go, okay, how like how are we gonna get points? And that's something new. You know, last year I could count on, okay, we'll move the ball a lot around the top of the key. We'll probably 
shoot a three-pointer at some point, maybe get an offensive board, work it inside. Who knows? But now I'm like, okay, where's the shot coming from? It feels choppy. It feels like it's new and fresh and that these guys are, you know, really trying to work out the kinks right now. Mm -hmm. I think they have a very high ceiling, but it feels like right now they're working out the kinks. And I think that's the difference when I watch Gonzaga play. It feels like their offense is a little more fluid, is a little more like they have a sense of what they're going to do each possession. Whereas I feel like Kansas sometimes they're – we're scrambling to put it together. Yeah, I agree. But I really like this quote from uh, ESPN. Uh, they say that, you know, Quentin Grimes struggled again in uh, the last game we played. Uh, Udoka Azubuki fouled out after just 17 minutes and Marcus yep. Garrett was out. But Kansas still knocked off a top 10 team in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Diedrich Lawson was terrific, but it was a really impressive performance from the Jayhawks bench and supporting cast. 100%. And I that just really makes me excited. The fact that we had... You know, Quentin Grimes struggling, mm-hmm. uh, Doak fouled out, Marcus Garrett out, and we were still able to pull out a win against a top 10 team. No, I I, I don't see agree. I don't see why. I mean, that just makes me feel bad for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know I mean, that's like a self-pity moment. It's like, really? We do all that. Mm-hmm. We're still not number one. I think I think it'll change as the offense, as everybody's sort of more unified in what starts they're doing and yeah. starts to mesh a little bit better together. Um, I do think this will change. I don't think Gonzaga will stay as the number one team in the country for a long time. I mean, I, I just don't. Yeah, I mean, they. it's not like they have an easy schedule going forward. Mm-mm. Like, once again, from this ESPN article, they have uh, two more top ten teams in the next month, Tennessee and uh, North Carolina. Right. So are they still going to be number one at that point? That's what we're waiting to find out. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really interesting to see moving forward how both of these teams start to, you know, if Kansas starts to gel a little bit more and things go like that, I mean, well, this could be a very successful year. And that is what is always just so interesting about basketball season is because it's so long. Yeah. Because we go from basically the beginning of November all the way to March, you see these teams change a lot. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of adjustment. And um, I feel like change things also change so fast for these teams. You can have – it's like this for any sport, though. You know, things can change so quickly, mm-hmm. and it makes me really excited. Right. Um, with that said, uh, we are going to hop into our last break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we got some NFL stuff to talk about um, and a bunch of other really interesting news going on. So thank you again for joining us. This is the Easy Sports Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. I feel like every single time we record, we just get starving. Yeah, it's probably much. it's probably because we spend so much damn time in this booth <laughs> yeah. and in this room, just working on everything that we're doing. Um, well, it didn't help that I was late today. <laughs> no, that yeah, I guess that would uh, throw us a little off schedule, but that's okay because we're here now and we're getting it done and we're doing good things. Um, so Baker Mayfield. Mm. I love Baker Mayfield. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm undecided on my opinion about Baker Mayfield. How? How? He's so much fun. It is the Baker Chronicles, as I'm going to call them. 
oh, are Jesus. just <laughs> so much fun to watch and observe. Um, even even when it is a complete and utter shit show. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like I should find a way to make a Narnia Chronicles joke around this. Oh no! Please don't. <laughs> but I was gonna spare you from. Don't it. don't ruin this for me. <laughs> um. So Baker Mayfield, we'll just hop into it. His comments about Hugh Jackson, their whole little debate. <gasps> Wait, I got it. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't it's do it. It's good though. No, it's not. Okay, I, fine. All right, go ahead. The Baker Chronicles, the talent. The hubris, the drama. <laughs> okay, so this will be the last episode of the Easy Sports Podcast. Thank no, you so much for good. joining us on this fun journey that we've been on. Um, Listen, I'm an English minor. I have to throw in some <laughs> literary jokes every once in a while. Wow. Thank you for uh, doing that to me. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, so... Baker Mayfield, Sports Illustrated, put out a little thing. Is Baker Mayfield a little too cocky as a rookie? Mm. I say no. <laughs> I, I'm just I, jumping right in. No, I <laughs> you say you are wrong. <laughs> you are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I love how competitive he is. I mean, he is otherworldly competitive um, than a yeah. lot of people that we've seen. A- and his whole fight with Hugh Jackson, I mean. I understand from the perspective of Hugh got fired. Right. And then he went to a new team. And so, like, this is a business. The NFL is a business where things move really quickly. Hugh's not just going to sit on his hands and, like, collect checks from the Browns, whatever. I get that perspective. Yeah. I think it's unrealistic for people to sit there and say that Baker Mayfield, you know, it, it shouldn't be upset in any way. Even That's though, unrealistic, yeah. Even though Hugh went to a team that the Browns play twice a year, as yeah, no, I Baker think, highlighted. I think he absolutely has a right to be upset, but to take it as far as he did, that's where I But did begin he take it that far? Here's the thing. You know me as a human being. Mm-hmm. I don't like drama. Yep. I don't like pettiness. I yep. don't like any of that because it's just not really who I am. And yet some of your favorite storylines are the Jimmy Butler ones. That is only because <laughs> I think it's interesting and I'm not involved. I'm saying for me as a person oh, okay. being involved. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, I'll sit there and watch. I just mentioned Friday Night Lights. That's as much drama as you're going to get. But I just don't like to be involved in it. Sure. So for me, seeing him call, you know, a former coach fake in such a public way and to say the things that he said and sort of be very vague about it and to keep this story going Mm-hmm. It's just not something that I ever would have done. So it, I can't come from a place of like, yeah, I understand sure. why he did that. I understand the thought process. I understand why he was upset, but I don't understand why he had to take it to the media. That's where my question comes in. I I don't think I, I think this was sort of brought to him a yeah. little bit because it was it really. Started, well, the first take was an issue. Right. But I really think it started spiraling out of control after. Like, as soon as the handshake happened after the game, right? where, like, Hugh clearly, like, reached out to bring him in for a hug, and Baker just kept him at distance, like, uh, we're not friends, get the fuck off me kind of handshake. Yeah. And, like, said nothing. And, like, said that. He was like, I had nothing to say to him. Like, there was nothing that I wanted to say, that I didn't any desire to say. He's like, I'm going to – he basically was keeping it civil, but also saying, like, I don't want to be associated with you. Sure. I think this comes back to him just not liking Hugh Jackson. 
and just not liking Hugh Jackson as a coach. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, without knowing the details, I mean, Baker said, like, you don't know what was going on in that building, like, in within the Browns organization. But see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, saying that and, like, bringing up that drama. I mean, he said, I wish I had the quote in front of me, something like this is an in-house thing. Right. But see, I almost feel... I almost feel like that was dragged out of him, too, because he's, you know, having to defend himself and having to defend this reaction. Well, yeah, so, but if he hadn't said, you know, he was being fake, then he wouldn't have had to defend himself later. It that, spiraled with his comment. I, But see, that's it where did. I disagree, because it came out, you know, he just like people people are going to ask, you know. He yeah, is the franchise QB now. So but people you don't are have ask. to say, you know, oh, he was fake blah, blah, like he did in that comment. He yeah. could have said, you know, I just like the way that he went about it t- to me was mm-hmm. a little bit over the top. I understand the competitiveness and I understand that. But just in general, saying commenting on social media where, you know, everyone's going to see it. Right. You know, screenshots. Happen. But th- then that's him defending himself against a reporter who is like who bas- called him out on national TV and was like, well, you left from Texas Tech to Oklahoma after Absolutely. a season, blah, blah, blah. And he could have defended that and said, these situations are not, like, comparable. Which he did. Yeah, I know. And he could have ended it there. Right. But in a situation where you're being called out on national television, are you necessarily going to hold anything back? Here's what I would have said if I was him. I would have said the situations aren't comparable. Mm-hmm. I was not going to have a scholarship. I need to do what was best for me in that situation. Which is basically what he said. Yeah, exactly. And then end it there. Right. I don't think there's a reason to be like, you don't just be fake and leave or whatever he said. That to me felt too far. Yeah, I don't know. I think it it just comes down to him not liking him. Yeah. And and I think that's okay. I no, think that's absolutely okay. It is fine to not like him. I think, and you know, the comments about the organization that you brought up earlier, um, he, in in my mind, that is him defending himself and saying there were issues inside the organization you haven't seen he's not the only person who's ever made a comment like that yeah i feel like generally people don't bat an eye when someone says something like that it's only people only were interested because this comes after his comment his personal really kind of a personal attack right on calling him fake and saying things like that so then when you say oh there's in-house issues now people are speculating right as we're doing right of course they are but he he's not dragging it out into the media he's not airing he said it's an in-house issue and he kept it as and i like liked that an in-house issue and didn't air every bit of drama going on within the organization yeah out to the public yeah and he that said, was a good move this happened and this happened and blah 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 he didn't do any of that he yeah. defended himself he stood his ground he stood up for what he believed was the right thing to do and left it yeah and people came in and they like we saw I, who is that woodley on first take that attacked him and was like really pissed off about it. Yeah. Um, he defended himself and he was like, these aren't situations that are comparable, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and I think he left it at that, which is, I think it's fine. I have no issue with it. I love it because it spurs a little bit of rivalry drama and we will label that as a rivalry from here on out because you know, that is what we do. Yeah, I saw a headline earlier about Baker Mayfield cooking up some tasty beef for Hugh Jackson. Jesus. <laughs> so people are already making this a story. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is. I mean, it is. Speaking of stories, mm-hmm. the Redskins VP, uh, Doug Williams, 
So right, we'll, we'll backtrack for a second. Yeah. The Redskins or the 49ers let go of Ruben Foster mm-hmm. after another domestic violence charge. <sighs> the fact that we just added another to that sentence just makes my blood boil yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think it's... I want to say it's three. Oh, now three God, or four. This just and makes me upset. A substance abuse violation. I'm really I'm, gonna be biting my tongue a if lot. I've got that correct. But anyway, the VP came out with a comment that I really, for lack of a better word, just hated. Okay. I thought it was ignorant. I thought it was you know very narrow sighted. Um, and I didn't. I didn't really think that it justified their pickup of this guy. Because they, the Redskins picked him up uh, three, 72 hours, I think, after the 49ers dropped him. Yeah. Um, this was a, they moved pretty quick. Anyway, Doug Williams, uh, who's the VP of the Redskins, he said, this is, and he's talking about the domestic abuse right. allegations. Uh, he said, this is small potatoes compared to a lot of things out, out there. But at some point in time, um, uh, but at the same time, it's a big issue in America today. Whether or not it's in football, whether or not it's in everyday life, whether or not it's in politics, it's out there. I think that is such a backhanded bullshit statement. Yeah, can I just say uh, that's disgusting? Yeah. <laughs> like, that infuriates me so much, like, as a human being. Yeah. This is small potatoes. It's domestic violence, dude. Yeah. That's not small potatoes. No, and, and he, he goes on and he makes these comments like, there are people in higher positions that have done worse things. Okay. So? But that doesn't justify this is a slippery slope no right. this is a slippery slope that we're going down this is like saying you know oh well if you do this but you're the president you know and i'm not trying to bring politics in this but i'm saying like if you do this and you're the president you're worse than someone who is just you know a random person and does this you're not worse you're the same right and, and here's my issue is you're basically just saying this isn't a big deal. Our organization really doesn't give a shit about the character of the players that we're bringing in. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And like... I and think it's just ridiculous to say because someone is higher up, they're worse. Because it's just not true. Like, if you... If you're an abuser, and if you have domestic... And it's if it's not an... Oh, I'm just... I'm getting frustrated. Okay, backtrack. If you are an abuser, you're a scumbag. Sorry. Like, no matter who you are, no matter what your position is. Yeah. And in and, and this isn't a position I saw someone today they were comparing this to the position that Zeke was in where his girlfriend like or ex girlfriend I'm assuming now mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah had all that correspondence with one of her friends and was like I'm gonna fake this and then I'm gonna steal See, all allegations his money. are one thing but but that's different yeah completely and, different you know you're talking about a guy who allegedly dragged his like fiance or girlfriend around the house like by her hair while this shit was going on or yeah. uh, while they were in an argument. And I, I mean, it's just, I, the Redskins doing this and then allowing their VP to release a statement like that and be interviewed and say those kind of things. I mean, it just looks bad on the whole organization. Yeah. And it uh, just looks bad. Yeah. There's no, there's no positive spin on this. No, there really just isn't because I mean, at that point you're excusing, an abuser like okay so first of all i just want to ask are these allegations or was he like convicted of this so like was it proven that he is an abuser so they were because i don't want to call a guy a scumbag if they're allegations right and so here, here's the issue is there were allegations before and then some time passed and then somehow like his girlfriend at the time just wound up dropping it 
Okay. And it, it almost gave me the same um, kind of vibe that I hate comparing the two, but that the Ray Rice situation did. Yeah. Where all of a sudden his like <laughs> wife was like, oh no, like you don't understand, blah, 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 blah. And like sort of backtracked on coming out on some things and like stood by his side and like defended him. That's sort of the vibe I got. Yeah. Um, and so we would have to look it up. Um, and I just, I'm such an innocent until proven guilty person. I don't want allegations to ruin somebody's life. But since the story that we're talking about right now is the small potatoes comment, that's where I get frustrated. So right. I just want to make that very, very clear. Yeah. And I, I think that's an important distinction. Um, as of right now, the current charges that he's facing are just allegations. Okay. Um, and and Red, the Redskins VP, Doug Williams, he said specifically the allegations against Reuben Foster are small potatoes. Um, but this isn't, this isn't his first incident. I just, I still think that that is, you know, it's minimizing it. I think the allegations are small potatoes. It does because the allegations are small potatoes. Well, no, it's really not. These these are some, this is a pretty big deal. Right. And if, and especially because it's not his first go around with this. If everything is true, this is awful. And saying that is going to make him look horrible. Right. If it's not true, I feel bad for the guy. Do I think it's probably true based on the fact that this is what the third time? Yeah. 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 I in that that sucks that we have that assumption and whatever, but it's reality. Yeah. And, and you know he might be a talented player. You know he was a talented linebacker. The one uh, he played the most games he's played in a season I think in his career are ten. Yeah. And that game that span he had like seventy five tackles or something like that and fifty six were solo mm-hmm. and a bunch he he's a good player. Yeah. But it being a good athlete shouldn't excuse you from the normal morals that you should have as a human being. Well and I also think that the fact that he's made this comment, the small potatoes just makes me so mad because this is a cultural issue, I think specifically in the NFL that we've seen, you see a lot of domestic violence issues in the NFL. And that's not a generalization about NFL players. That's just saying, you know, if you look at sports across the board. I remember one really big deal from the MLB, and that was the uh, allegations made against Addison Russell Mm -hmm. uh, for the Cubs. But that was like one time last year. And I'm not remembering a whole lot of, I could be completely wrong. Please correct me if I am, but I'm not remembering a whole lot of these issues that happen in other sports. I feel like this is really a huge NFL thing. It might be because there's more players, you know, but I, that bothers me. That culture bothers me. Yeah. I, and here's the deal. I don't really have specific instances to pull back on. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say like, this is, you know, I think there it's an issue in the NFL, but it's also an issue everywhere. Like yeah. this stuff happens and, you know, we don't necessarily take the right steps always without us turning this into like a political conversation. Um, but, you know, I think it's an issue everywhere. I think people need to take it seriously. I think this really shows the Redskins mentality, their organization's mentality around these kind of things in that he's a good player. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and that's that's exactly what I'm saying is the NFL. This makes it look like the NFL doesn't take it seriously, which I- is a problem. Yes and no. Um, just because, like, I mean, we saw how the Ray Rice situation was handled. Yeah. And he was really just... And, and that's, I mean, that's a little bit different. There was video of him yeah. doing it that got released out to the public, but he got torched yeah. by everyone. I mean, he and he really did, but uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm 
really want to keep tracking this story and see how the Redskins handle this going forward. If these allegations turn to a conviction or what goes on. Um, but I, I think this is a bad precedent that they're setting for themselves as an organization. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, changing pace. One more NFL story. Then Dominican Sue. Mm-hmm. He was basically, he's been asked about like his line days with the lions and stuff like that. And basically like all he said is I'm going to refrain for com- from comment about that organization. So, which like we just <laughs> talked about with Baker Mayfield, that in and of itself is a statement. Yeah. Like he has no desire to talk about his lions days. He has no desire. People are talking about, Oh, he might get this warm welcome, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to get a warm welcome coming back to Detroit. No, I just, that's not how yeah, it's going to go. Not. It's not going to be some big homecoming. Oh, we missed you. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be like, a oh, God, that guy played for us. <laughs> um, and, and so he's been very quiet about it. He said his direct quote uh, when he was asked by Richard uh, Rich Hammond of the Orange County Register, he said, I'll refrain from my comments about the organization. Yeah. He had That's some it. good things to say about the city and the fans and stuff. But yeah. The comment about the organization that speaks volumes. Right. And so, um, it, you know, he, as we know, he left, uh, the lions to pursue like a $114 million contract with the dolphins. Uh, I think that's the right number. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. I, a big number over a hundred million dollars. I'm pretty sure it's 114. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Which, that's yeah, crazy huge number. Money. Um, and so, you know, I know at the time I'm a Detroit fan. A lot of Detroit fans were upset that he was leaving. Sure. And whatever. Um, but he's with the Rams. They play Detroit this Sunday. Yay. Um, <laughs> you look so excited I'm about so that. happy that we are <laughs> going to play one of the best teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Goody. Um, <laughs> Goody. Yeah. But, yeah, he just doesn't have – that'll be interesting because he has – nothing to say about the organization and apparently he's been pressed by a few reporters to like give a comment about the organization he's just like nope i don't have anything yeah so um you wanted to talk about steph yeah i just Mm -hmm. okay i think that this is a really good move and uh for those of you who don't know what's happening a nine-year-old girl wrote a letter to steph curry and basically asked him why his uh shoes the curry five s's Wait, no, sorry. Curry fives. God, if I could read. Are they iPhones now? If I could read. (laughs) Okay. The Curry fives asks why they aren't in in girl sizes. And uh, she wrote him a letter and it was really cute. Basically just saying like, I want to be rocking the Curry fives as well. Mm. And uh, Asking why they don't come in girl sizes. Yeah. Yeah. And then he responded and said, I've been talking to... Uh, you know, Under Armour, I think, for Mm -hmm. the last two days. And we're coming up with a solution. And now he said that they are going to have girl sizes and that she's going to be one of the first kids who gets his next line of shoes. And I just love this. I think it's really cool that he was able to say, you know, uh, I it wasn't even like I messed up, but like I'm fixing a mistake because it's not even a mistake, though. I mean, yeah, it pretty much is. But just saying, like, I'm fixing something that my fan wants me to fix. Right. He said, and here's the letter. He said, Riley, uh, hey, Riley, I appreciate your concern and have spent the last two days talking to Under Armour about how we can fix this issue. Unfortunately, we have labeled smaller sizes as boys on the website. 
uh, we are correcting this now. He underlined now yeah. twice and had an exclamation point. He said, I want to make sure uh, you can wear my kicks prop- proudly. So I'm going to send you a pair of Curry 5s now and you'll be one of the first kids to get the Curry 6. Yeah. Um, lastly, we have something special in the works uh, for International Women's Day on March 8th. And I want you to celebrate with me. More to come on that, uh, but plan to be in Oakland that night. So Well, and I love that in her letter she said something about like i i know you support girls sports you know you have Mm -hmm. an all girls basketball camp and things like that yeah and so it was it was cool that he was able to say you know what you're right this should have been the way it is from the get-go and that he's you know working hard to make her feel included in his shoe line you know it, it just is really cool to me i really like that a lot did you want me to read her letter off you can if you want um she said dear Stephen curry my name is riley just like your daughter um i'm nine years old from napa california i'm a big fan of yours i enjoy going to warriors games with my dad i asked my dad to buy me the new curry fives because i'm starting a new basketball season my dad and i visited the under armor website and were disappointed to see that there were no curry fives for sale under the girls section however they did have them for sale under the boys section um even to customize. I know you support girl athletes because the statement that you were yeah. talking about. Uh, because you have two daughters and you you host all girls. You host an all girls basketball camp. I hope you can work with Under Armour to change this because girls want to rock Curry Fives too. Sincerely, Riley Morrison. That is what a sweet little girl. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is. The fact that it's a letter just oh, just makes my heart happy. What a What a class act. Yeah on his part and and this is a great response this is a great response by under armor being super active with him and him going and saying hey like this is something i think we should change yeah and then being like all right let's change it you know yeah fine it makes me really really happy that they yeah. were able to you know get that done and that especially that she's going to be a part of something with him for international women's day you know that's really cool and yeah. that's uh really just encouraging that little girl and that makes me really happy Right, and and he he's, seems like a really nice guy. I've mm-hmm. never seen any story in the news just bashing Steph Curry for being an asshole or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, this is this is this was a really nice story, a really um, uplifting story to see and just enjoy. Yeah, something non toxic for once. Exactly, it's something to feel good about after talking about the NFL and domestic violence. Yeah, this is something that'll sort of just make you have hope <laughs> god we've talked about domestic violence way too much today i know it's so sad that we have to do that i just woof. but yes this was a great change of pace um kudos to you steph curry mm-hmm. doing good things for the community and you know really being active in this response because this he very easily could have just ignored this letter oh for sure and it wouldn't have been a big deal well this is one of the reasons that i love steph curry and i've told you this so many times with like I love him not only as an athlete, but I think he's got such a great personality. And I think that he is, to me, seems like a stand-up guy. So I just really, this is one of the reasons why I love him. Right. No, I agree. He is, you know, he's he's doing the right things. He's doing everything that you would want a guy in his position to be doing. Someone with this kind of a platform. Right. On that happy note... (laughs) <laughs> I, I this is a great note to end on yeah, and just because now we're just smiling leave it here eating chinese food <laughs> eating chinese food because yeah we were starving <laughs> i still can't believe an hour and a half late today 
Uh, or ha- no, half an hour. Sorry. Yeah. I got my times wrong because I got here early. Yeah. You told me you were running late. Wait, now I feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought I was going to be late. I was like, I'm running a little behind. I just wanted to text you like in case you were there already waiting. And I was like, I'm going to be running a little behind, blah, blah, blah. And then. um, I just, yeah. I just did not think my meeting was going to go that long. It's all right. It's now. Oh, my God. It's nine o'clock already. Yeah. Good Lord. It's all right. We've recorded later than this for sure. That's true. That's <laughs> definitely true. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at EZ Sports Pod. That's true. Great plug. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, you know, listen to us on the Apple Podcast app. Give us a review on iTunes. Really right. appreciate that. Send us some love. I mean, yeah. yeah just with that, that said. <laughs> with that said, uh, thank you so much for joining us again. And we'll be back next Thursday. Yes. Yes, Thursday. <laughs> awesome. Yeah.